right? I don't, I don't berate, uh, you know, uh, other players and things of that nature. I never have, but uh, just as, for instance, uh, Little League Baseball, um, unfortunately, uh, I got thrown out of a few games because oh, you know, there we go. Strike, strike three, there goes the bat, <laughs> there goes the helmet. In exactly one month from today, the Hershey Bears are going to kick off the 2021-22 season on October 16th. So therefore, this The Sports Extra podcast is going to be all about the Bears for a couple reasons. One, they're the hottest team in the AHL. Two, they have a new coach. And three, what better time to talk about the Hershey Bears then a month ahead of the season when we have plenty of time to talk about Caps training camp, we have plenty of time to talk about who the Bears brought back and exactly all you need to know about new head coach Scott Allen. So without further ado, this episode all about the Hershey Bears. We're breaking up the football season just a little bit. Uh, my name is Ali Berube. You're stuck with just me today. Everyone else has the day off, uh, but we've got a lot to talk about. Scott Allen, new head coach of the Hershey Bears, a uh, native of outside of Boston, but he has the best Boston accent you've ever heard. Um, we have an interview with him coming up, and we talked to him about what he wants to bring to the job, the shoes he has to fill after former head coach Spencer Carberry left to become an assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, and plus what his career's been like. He's played in the minor league hockey. He's coached in almost, uh, excuse me, over 1800 professional hockey games uh, and what he's been up to the past couple seasons that set him up well for this transition so you're gonna have to stick with us for just a little bit and we'll get to Scott Allen but let's talk about the Hershey Bears because we've talked about this before on the podcast what it means to be dominant in different sports we see it uh, time and time again right we have uh, Olympic swimmers like Michael Phelps who no one could touch him for so long when he was in the pool you have uh, race car drivers like Kyle Larson, who can win on any level of racing in any type of car on any given day. And we talk about dominance. When you think about the Hershey Bears, the last two seasons, they've been dominant. They've been one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the Calder Cup. Unfortunately for the Bears, Bears fans, and the entire world, this thing called coronavirus happened, and they didn't get a chance to play in the playoffs. The 2019-2020 season, of course, interrupted in March, just like the rest of the world. The season was postponed for a little bit, and then they just went ahead and canceled it uh, with no conclusion. So that's a hanging what-if, a cliffhanger, if you will. Uh, and then in 2020, it was a shortened season, just 33 games. They debated off and on, off and on about whether or not they were going to have playoffs, and they decided no playoffs. So the Hershey Bears won the regular season. They were the top team in the AHL with a record of 24-7-2-0. Uh, they won their final 10 games, like I said, first overall in the entire American Hockey League. Uh, and that regular season title was the first one since 2009-2010, which they managed to win the Calder Cup that year. So when you think about this Hershey Bears team in 2020, those only those 33 games, there's another what if. What could the Hershey Bears have done if they were able to play the season, the conclusion of the season, the playoffs, the Calder Cup? Uh, so if you're me, if you're the Sports Extra podcast, we're just crowning them champions. They won the regular season. They would have won the Calder Cup. What a great year. Uh, when he, we talked to Spencer Carberry, the former head coach of the Hershey Bears, after the season, he said, there's not much you can do. Like, you could live the rest of your life wondering what if, but at the end of the day, that's what the season was. We knew it the whole time. 
Um, and, and that's they just focused on playing good hockey for 100 days. You remember um, he was actually one of our very first interviews here on the podcast when he w- still was the head coach, and he said we had 100 days to make it count, 100 days to get these guys uh, good reps, get them ready for the NHL because that is the ultimate goal of the AHL and show the Washington Capitals what these guys could do. Turns out they can win a whole heck of a lot of games. It was an awesome season to watch. We saw the AHL debut of Connor McMichael, the 25th overall selection in the 2019 NHL entry draft. He had a phenomenal season, 27 points, 13 goals, 14 assists in just 33 games. So basically every game he's either assisting or scoring a goal. That's pretty incredible for a rookie. And then we had great goalie debuts from Zach Fucali and Hunter Shepard. And then of course the steady, steady leadership of veteran Matt Molson. So some of these pieces are going to come into play here in 2021-22 season. This The season is re-expanded. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. It should be normal. So far, the AHL and the NHL haven't announced any uh, firm guidelines or recommendations for the season as we're talking about this in mid-September. So we're still waiting for some of that, but the Hershey Bears released their season tickets, released their single-game tickets for the first couple months of the season. So we are moving towards a more normal 2021-22. I don't think any of us thought that this thing – this pandemic would go as long as it did. But I think what it showed is the teams that were ready to play, the teams that were ready uh, for competition, for the challenges of playing during COVID still rose to the top. And the Hershey Bears are one of them, thanks to former head coach Spencer Carberry. So much so that he was named the 2021 AHL Outstanding Coach of the Year And as soon as it happened, the rumors started circulating. Would he get an NHL job? Would he become a head coach? Would he find a spot as an assistant? What does he want to do? He had just signed an extension with the Capitals to coach for the Hershey Bears. But when you're that good of a coach, and and he's only 39 years old, but when you're that good of a coach, it's only a matter of time before you take the next step. He found a spot with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs as an assistant. He said it was just a job you can't pass up, even if it was so difficult for him to leave Hershey. So who's next? Before we get too far into the episode, be a friend. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please rate us five stars and leave us a review. All right, back to the episode. It's a guy named Scott Allen. I told you in the beginning, he has the best Boston accent of any hockey coach I've personally had the opportunity to talk to. He is electric. He's got a lot of energy. He loves Hershey. And if you're a Hershey Bears fan, you know him already. He was an assistant coach with the Bears for the past two seasons, coaching under Spencer Carberry. He knows those shoes are big, but he's going to bring something different to this job. He's a little bit older than Carbs is. He has a lot more experience. He's got 25 years of coaching experience. He's played in minor league hockey. He's coached in the ECHL, the AHL, and the NHL with the New York Islanders. So we asked him. Logan Reaver and myself sat down with him and asked him all about his philosophy, what he thinks he brings to the job, what he wants fans to expect from the team. And you'll be happy to know he wants you to expect wins uh, and just kind of get to know him. Break down the shell a little bit. We knew who Carbs was. So let's find out who Scott Allen is. The newest head coach of the Hershey Bears, Scott Allen. Thank you so much for joining. Has it sunk in that you're head coach? Um, it, it has sunk in, but probably not fully. Uh, that'll probably come in the next couple of weeks uh, when our staff heads to Washington and we take part in the rookie camp first and then main camp and then 
ultimately, it'll really set in when we come back to Hershey and, and open up our camp at the beginning of October. What is it about, I guess, I know you're talking about just the, the job in, in general when you were introduced, and I know you were holding the, the, the big Hershey bar and like trying to really integrate yourself into the, all of it, but, but organization-wise, what was the appeal when you see all of the success that has you know, come before you? History. The, the, the history uh, that goes back to 1938 um, when they first had their franchise. And <clears throat> you know what? I can rem remember... Uh, this will be my 26th season. So 26 years ago, uh, I was in, in Johnstown and uh, drove over to Hershey uh, for a day of training camp. Um, and just walking into that old building, um, just walking around prior to the guys getting on the ice. And, uh, you know, you just, you just think of the different players who have come through that organization and that building at the time. And then obviously uh, fast forward to, the newer building, which I believe is uh, 15, 16 years old. Um, same thing, the, the history, the winning culture that's been set in place for many, many years. Um, it, to me, it's, uh, it, was, it was a no-brainer. I know I put some thought into it early on, um, whether it was something I, I truly wanted to do uh, wholeheartedly, um, but it didn't take long to, uh, to just put into perspective um, everything that this, this franchise means to that city, the people uh, from Hershey, the people who have relocated to Hershey, uh, the history that's gone into it, the amount of championships won the American Hockey League. Um, you know, and I've got nothing, I've been in the, the league for a long time. I love the American League and I've been fortunate to coach in a, a couple other great cities in the American League, but uh, this is probably the pinnacle when you, when you talk about Hershey and, and all that it entails. And for you, it's not new. Like you said, you were kind of aware of it in the beginning of your coaching career, but then you spent the last two seasons here as an assistant coach under uh, Spencer Carberry. I first want to ask you about that time. In my mind, these were two teams that could have gone to the Calder Cup playoffs, could have really realistically won them. Um, the last couple years, how hard has it been to kind of still have those what-ifs and now be the guy taking over when there has been so many expectations? Yeah, you know what, you, you kind of have to put that stuff in the rearview mirror. I mean, you know, it was a, such an enjoyable two years. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, especially two years ago, <clears throat> when when everything shut down, and we didn't know what to expect, right? Nobody did the, the whole world, I, I don't think knew what to expect and what was coming. Um, so that was certainly unfortunate. Last year was a different scenario, because Going into it, uh, there, there really wasn't a plan of, of being a playoff. I know towards the end, uh, some of the Western Conference teams ended up playing what I'd call a makeshift playoff. Uh, the teams in the East um, pretty much all voted it down. Um, so we kind of knew, you know, uh, and, and Spencer Cabri talked about it in the first meeting we had uh, last year when, when we started training camp. It was 100 days. We had 100 days to do what we had to do. Um, and now that change, well, hopefully it changes. Uh, obviously, I'm not, I, I can't predict what's going to happen um, <clears throat> in the world here in the next so many months. But you'd like to think that we don't know when the end date is going to be. We know when the season finale is going to be as far as our last game. But then once you get to the bonus round, you, you hopefully keep playing until you're the last team standing. And that's going to be our goal for sure. 
Now, in my opinion, and I want to get your thought on this, because we obviously know you're from Massachusetts. You don't even need How'd necessarily. How do you know that? I was going to say, we don't necessarily <laughs> need, even need to say that. I think everybody knows. I consider the two pipelines of, of, of major hockey just where it's biggest to be Massachusetts and Canada. What do you think you take away from just maybe growing up and getting that love of the game and just where it's, it's, it's almost more heightened the level of passion in those areas, and then you can take that to an area where is equally as passionate like it is here in Hershey. You know, it's an interesting, uh, first of all, I, I certainly agree with you with, <laughs> with your statement and I, and I love that statement. Um, but it, it's interesting for me because I grew up playing multi-sports. I wasn't one dimensional. I did, didn't just play hockey. And with that, uh, I only played house league hockey. I didn't play travel hockey. I played public high school hockey in, in New Bedford at New Bedford High, uh, which unfortunately uh, a school that has just under 3000 students doesn't even have a hockey team anymore because they don't have enough players. So the area I'm from wasn't a hockey hotbed, um, but I, I think that was what gave me even more passion. Uh, my time away from the game gave me the passion as time went on. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely uh, the other sports fell by the wayside. And, you know, it, it was full speed ahead with hockey. Uh, I made some interesting decisions as a young guy, which I didn't, I, I, I chose not to go to college. I chose to go the junior hockey route. Um, all I wanted to do was uh, play professional hockey. I was very realistic with my expectations. Uh, the National Hockey League was not an end goal for me as a player because quite frankly, I wasn't good enough. And I, and I knew that I was uh, very realistic with myself. So, you know, along the way, um, you know, you continue to pick up things, right? You continue to learn. Uh, you learn just as much from the, probably even more so from the failures as you do from these successes. Um, you know, I was fortunate to win a couple of championships as a player, uh, which was, is the pinnacle. I don't care what league you're in winning. And, and uh, here we are many years later, I still have that same passion uh, to, to want to have success and, and win. And, and trust me, it is twofold when you're with an organization uh, like the Hershey Bears uh, and, and the Washington Capitals, where, you know, we want to do two things. We want to develop players and we want to win. And, and, you know, they are the ones who set the blueprint for this and uh, they give us the ability um, with the players that they've drafted with young guys coming in and they sprinkle some veterans uh, throughout the lineup and um, they, they give us a great opportunity to do just that. And that's what we're going to continue to try to do in Hershey. I think it was when I was talking to Bears Vice President of Operations, Brian Helmer, like a week before you were announced. I think he probably already knew you were the guy at that point. Um, but we were having like a philosophical conversation about who the head coach should be of the Hershey Bears. And he said, you know, I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions about the AHL. Like, is it just a development league? Do you need to be uh, a perennial powerhouse winner, actually winning games, and, and where the value is placed in that? And he said one of the most important things is that whoever takes over as head coach of the Hershey Bears, which we now know is you, they need to understand, like, Hershey expects to win. And he actually thinks that that goes – a long way in developing players because the first time they'll play in a playoff game won't be with the Washington Capitals. It hopefully will be with the Bears. Where do you fall on that line? Like, do you agree that to develop successful hockey players, you need to be playing in the playoffs? I do agree with that. And you know what? I've been on both sides of that spectrum. Um, I, I worked for another organization for a few years in the American Hockey League. And uh, the GM, um, 
came straight out to the other coach and myself and he said, I don't care if you guys win a single game all year, you guys will be judged on developing players. Um, so that is for sure an interesting dynamic. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a tough thing, especially if you have local ownership, right? Who is, has that, that team is, is a business and they're trying to sell tickets. And uh, let's face it, I mean, you know, people want to come see a winning team. You know, uh, the well certainly runs dry. You have your diehards who are going to be there through thick and thin. But if, you know, you start going on five, 10, 15 game losing streaks and things of that nature. Now, fortunately, we never did in that particular organization, but still, you know, it's just a different philosophy. Um, I also worked for another team uh, in the American League of the Western Conference uh, that was similar to, to Hershey's belief where they wanted to win. And, and to me, that's the, the best type of atmosphere. Um, you, you can certainly combine both. And I think it's necessary to combine both. Uh, it's very difficult to, when, when you, know, you have a bad team and, and there's, the playoffs are not in the future and you know, you've lost a few and, and to try to keep rallying, uh, it doesn't matter if they're young guys, uh, guys in the middle of the career or even the older guys, it's, it's tough. It's not enjoyable coming to the rink. Whereas, you know, if you're a competitive team and, you know, you have a come off a good weekend, you have three and three, you win all three games, guys are excited, uh, excited to come to practice because, um, you know what, that's where the improvement takes place. The improvement takes place in practice. So you have to have the right attitude for that and, and winning certainly uh develops that attitude right it's part of the foundation and uh, the core that we want to build um so yeah i'm certainly a, a huge believer in how this organization does things and i'll take it one step further there is no better three-tiered system than the washington capitals the hershey bears and the south carolina stingrays um, how they operate how they do things my two years in hershey were the first time in when we were calling up players from the ECHL that we did not have to go outside of our organization to call up a player. Um, all our players that get recalled are in-house and uh, it's, it's a great pipeline uh, throughout uh, tight-knit staffs. Um, so again, I'll say it again, there is no better three-tiered system from how the Washington Capitals, Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays operate. It's interesting because going back to sort of that mindset of that GM, it's almost the same principle as when you get to these other maybe professional sports uh, where it's like tanking, you know, the, the mm -hmm. concept of that, you know, there's an end goal that's that's better. But in the meantime, you're almost disrupting morale and all of these things and that it, it almost sort of tears down a culture in a weird way um, and that you have to just expect to get new bodies in the room to sort of build it back up. And I think that's up to somebody else's debate if it means more to, to win a championship at that level or not. But in terms of just how important it is to win that fact alone, no matter what level, whether it's the Cape Cod summer league or, you know, something <laughs> like this, where does that fall just an importance on a daily basis to make sure you're not on the ends like that GM was? Well, what happens is uh, like you talked about, like, you know, teams tanking it or, or losing or going on. What happens is the, the environment uh, that you end up creating becomes a very selfish environment because players, they're, they're their own individual entity, right? They're, this is their business. Um, and, and let's face it, for a, a professional athlete, that window of opportunity to earn a living playing a sport, it, it only lasts so long. Like it doesn't matter how good a player is, uh, sooner or later, that falls off. So when you're on those losing teams, the players don't come out and say it, but 
internally they're thinking, I'm going to get mine. This is what I'm going to do. I need to score X amount of goals. I need to, you know, have these stats, especially uh, nowadays with, with uh, all the analytics that are involved. And, and players know how the analytics work. Uh, and they're smart enough to, to build their own analytical stats because they know when it comes to other teams signing them in the offseason, especially if they're an unrestricted free agent, that's going to play into it. It's not just going to be the eyes of the professional scout who watched them play from that particular team. All these teams now have uh, groups and staffs of people that do nothing but uh, break down analytics. So you create that selfish environment, um, not purposely, but it just happens that way, right? And and then you, you, you're fighting a losing battle. You know, yeah, you, you might win a couple of games because some guys may step up. And, you know, if, you, if your goalies, if your goaltenders are good enough, to steal you some games but at the end of the day it just just does not work um, we I've always talked about a win-win and that's how I've always been as a coach going back to when I first started coaching in Johnstown uh, I'm I'm about the team and about the individual I think you have to be you you have to care about each individual and like I said their, their personal um, career in, in those situations um, because the better they play it, it, under that team umbrella and how in the team system and, and under those core values if you have enough good players your team is going to have success also so that's what i mean by a win-win attitude and, and a win-win program uh, where the, the team wins and the individuals win also we're looking at all these signings and the guys you've been able to bring back to the bears guys like matt molson and things like that um this is a really interesting group to me. You have some young guys who are definitely going to need some support and to be brought along, but um, really a cool group of veterans who have played at all levels. When you look at your roster, I know you haven't had a chance to really get in there and get into camp or anything like that, but can you rate the excitement level right now, knowing who's going to be in the building? You know what? The other thing that I love as a coach, and I loved it as a player too, is internal competition. Uh, and we are certainly going to have internal competition. We're going to have guys battling for ice time, uh, battling for spots to play with other guys, battling for opportunities to play on the power play, to play on the penalty kill, uh, to be on the ice when we're protecting a one or two goal lead with two minutes left in the game, uh, to be on the ice when we may be down by a goal late in the game. Just all those different scenarios that are created on a nightly basis, game by game basis, uh, and more importantly, day by day basis. Cause like I said, we don't lose sight of the fact that a lot of the improvement comes <clears throat> through practice, right? The games are a test. The games are the test to see, um, you know, what we're working on and what they're doing and how, how they're going about their business <clears throat> uh, is working. Um, so that internal competition, uh, I, I love that. I, I love it. And I, I think uh, that, that also breeds success. Um, but more importantly with, with us too is uh, the type of veterans that we have. You know, you mentioned a few of those guys, the Matt Molsons of the world. And, and my relationship with Matt goes back to uh, his first full three seasons in the National Hockey League. Uh, we were on the same bench uh, with the New York Islanders. And he hasn't changed one iota. He's a true professional. Uh, he, he cares about all his teammates. Uh, he's an incredible family man, just everything he does, how he goes about his business. So he's good for these young players to, to look at and, and continue to learn from. Um, and, and that spreads, right? That spreads throughout the lineup. We have another, you know, solid core of veterans with him. 
Um, and, and it's important with, with young players who in this day and age with the salary cap era and, and especially the Washington Capitals being a cap team, you have to have some players come internally through your organization. And, and again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but there's that win-win type of situation. So we know there's going to be some, some pressure. Like Matt Molson, he, he pretty much knows his NHL days are behind him. The reason he's still continuing to play is from a personal standpoint, he wants to win a championship in, in professional hockey league. That's why he's lacing them up for another season. Um, but he also takes great pride in, in helping these young kids and, and hopefully giving them the opportunity to reach that ultimate dream and ultimate goal, which is to play in the National Hockey League. So I'm curious. We were, we were just talking with Todd Rucci, who's uh, played in New England, mm. specifically in, in Boston with the Patriots uh, for a number of years. And he was talking about when it was at, I guess you'd say, the, the height of his career and, and, and people caring in the area and how he got yelled at by some guy in a car wash once when they weren't winning games. And, and I'm curious about just the, the element of where your competitiveness comes from and I guess just, I guess, passion for the game alone. And if that area or if there was another thing that sort of molded, um, you know, where you got that sort of fire for the game. Uh, I probably got it from my parents and to be just quite frank and honest, I'm a sore loser. I've always been a sore loser. So you'd be the guy yelling at the car wash. You would be well, I know I, it was more so on myself, right? I don't, I don't berate, uh, you know, uh, other players and things of that nature. I never have, but uh, just as for instance, uh, little league baseball, um, unfortunately, uh, I got thrown out of a few games because oh, there we go. Strike Strike three, there goes the bat, there goes the helmet. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't a sign of good sportsmanship. Um, and I got the gate a couple of times all the way back in Little League Baseball. Um, so I am for sure, I, I love to win, but probably hate to lose more than that. So I think that was bred internally. It's something that's part of my DNA, uh, it's who I am. Uh, I've tried to work on it. Um, it's not an easy thing to work on. Uh, and, and when it's all said and done, I don't want to lose that. That's why I still do what I do. That's why I still enjoy coaching, right? There's other jobs in this business and in this uh, game, um, but you're not close enough to the action for me. Uh, like I talked about earlier, you know, your window of that, uh, your, your window of an opportunity for, as a player only lasts so long. I knew right from the outset that I wanted to coach. It wasn't when I got to the end of the road and said, what am I going to do now? I knew I wanted to coach. That was the plan the whole way through. Um, I look back on it and I'm, I'm so fortunate to have been able to coach as long as I have in professional hockey. Um, but I think it's, again, it's part of my DNA. It's because uh, I, I hate to lose and I, I carry on to, you know, certainly want to win and, and want to see other people have success along the way. And that goes all across the board. I mean, guys I've worked with through the years, um, I have uh, my first equipment manager and my first uh, medical trainer. Uh, they both have uh, four rings each in the National Hockey League, Stanley Cup rings, wow. um, broadcasters that I've worked with, front office people. Um, you know, it's, uh, and that's a great feeling um, to, to be a part of And I'm, I'm not taking credit for any of them because they're all incredible at what they do. But to be a part of those organizations when they were there, to be a part of those staffs, to see guys move on. I mean, Jared Ellenberger was with us two years ago uh, as our video coach, um, and he's now up in Washington. So 
you know, uh, it's, it's just a great feeling um, to see people uh, achieve their dream and achieve their goal and have success. And I still want to continue to be a part of that. What makes hockey different to you? You played all these other sports. Why was hockey the one that stuck? It probably only stuck because I was the only one. I, I wasn't very good, but at least I was halfway decent. And the other sports I probably wasn't as good at. Um, you know, I, 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 I just love everything about it. Um, I love being a part of a team. You know, um, I, I loved boxing too. And I boxed up to a certain age. So that was individual. And then that was a challenge because it's all on you when you step into the ring um, where this is, you have to rely on others also. Uh, and, and to me, um, again, it's part of my DNA to be more uh, in a group setting, to be a part of a team. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's a fun thing when everybody does their job to the best of their abilities and, and the plan comes together. And at the end of the day, you have success. Um, and, and again, I still enjoy that. So, you know, I love all sports. I still love playing other sports, but hockey uh, first and foremost has, has always been uh, the number one team sport love for me. You were boxing in South Boston. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds like uh, a terrible idea. The, the last one I actually had was in Somerville uh, in a little tournament, diamond, the diamond belt. So oh, that, you're, it was you're, a long time ago. You're tough. I you're, think you're really foreshadowing these, these, these refs to not mess with you between the little league story and now the, the, the boxing knowledge. I think that you're going to get a couple calls your way this as we go along. That yeah. You'll be They're like, I don't want to mess with Scotty <laughs> Allen. I'm I nervous. Heard, I heard that little league story. That's the last thing I want. <laughs> so, so what is it going into, I, I guess, now that you have this season that is going to be more normalcy and you come off of one where it was anything but normal, but still having success. Is there, I, I know you want to bring in sort of your new regime, but is there almost piggybacking off of last season or is it clean slate? I'm just curious about that sort of approach. I think it has to be a clean slate. I, I think each year, each team develops their own identity. Um, you know, the, the thing that I'm probably most excited about in this role and in this uh, particular job is the, the, the staff that we have. Um, you know, most of the staff, we've been together. Um, Emily joined us last year. She, she did an incredible job for us. Uh, Steve Bergen has been brought in <clears throat> this year. Um, he's going to do an incredible job. Uh, but with Pat Weller, uh, Alex Westland, <clears throat> um, you know, up front, uh, we, we just have such a, uh, a solid nucleus um, uh, and group as a staff, you know, our, our equipment staff, our medical staff, our strength and conditioning, everybody is, is they're all hands on deck and they're all dialed in uh, to the expectations of the Hershey Bears. And uh, they're, they're all looking forward to, to getting going. You know, they're excited about it. Um, and, and to me, that's very important because, you know what, everything is going to be an extension off of us. We have to be the ones that set that foundation early. We have to be the ones that, uh, again, we want to continue on that road uh, as far as having success and winning games. Um, but to think that we're just going to be able to step out and play and it's just going to carry over from last year, 
uh, is very uh, is would be the wrong thing to do at this point. Um, we, we have to create our own expectations for ourselves. And it's a new year. It's a new team. Uh, other teams have also improved. You know, uh, I look at Lehigh Valley and the, the amount of plays that they've signed. Um, you look at Charlotte, who's in our division. They're going to be a dual affiliation with Florida and Seattle, and they're going to have some good plays. I mean, I don't know if you watched when they had the expansion draft, but I'll I'll say at least a third of those guys that you saw get drafted, those are all young guys. Those guys are going to be in Charlotte, and I believe we play them three out of our first four games. Right? We open up at home with them. Uh, we have a second game, and the next weekend we go down there. So we're going to have our work cut out for us because uh, the opposition always has a say in the end result also. So we certainly can't uh, lose sight of that, and, and other teams are certainly going to improve and, and be better. And last year was probably the easiest year from a coaching standpoint. Now, dealing with the COVID stuff wasn't fun. Um, and, and some of the things that we had to, to go through certainly wasn't enjoyable, but we only played three other teams. So as far as preparing, we didn't play any three and threes. The travel was extremely easy, right? Some of the games were earlier in the day. So just everything about last season from purely a hockey standpoint, was very easy. It was the easiest year I've ever had in hockey. That's all changing. And that's another big reason why we can't just expect this year to carry on from last year. Um, it's it's going to be a new challenge uh, on a daily basis. All right, coach. Well, just a couple more weeks and we get to see what uh, the Hershey Bears are all about here for 2021-22 season. Uh, but we appreciate the time and, and getting to know you a little bit more. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Want more of these interviews? We've talked to Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy, Olympic medalist Haley Flickinger, and former Bears coach Bruce Boudreaux. To find those interviews, you have to go to our website, abc27.com slash podcast. All right, now back to the episode. Thank you so much to Scott Allen for sitting down with us. Um, I love hockey coaches for the simple reason that they are so open. They'll talk to you about everything. They're so down to earth. And I think um, we're already finding that with Scott Allen. I'm excited to see what he does behind the bench for the Hershey Bears. Um, and I like that he doesn't shy away from the big shoes he has to fill. And you can tell there's a tremendous amount of respect he has for carbs um, or cabs, as he says, which I just think is hysterical. But I mean, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, 2021 AHL Outstanding Coach of the Year. That's a big honor uh, for someone, Spencer Carberry, who was only 39 years old. Um, he compiled in just three seasons a 104-59-8 record. And you have to remember, the last two seasons, so basically two of his three seasons, were so interrupted by coronavirus and yet he still managed to keep that club dialed in, get the best out of his rookies, get the best out of guys who were playing professional hockey for the first time. And his track record of sending players to the Washington Capitals and them having success was pretty incredible. I mean, you already saw it with a guy like Vitek Vanacek, who didn't even think that he was going to be in that spot for the Caps, and yet he played lights out for a few weeks there um, and managed to make an impact in the NHL, partly because of the training he had here at the Bears and the expectation of winning with the bears i think while the bears were going through their coaching search i talked to vice president of hockey operations brian helmer about what they wanted in their next head coach and we had a long philosophical conversation it's on our website right now if you want to go find it abc27.com just click on sports and then the hershey bears tab but um we talked about 
the fact that there are some AHL franchises who only care about developing players for the next level. They don't care if the team wins or loses. They don't care if they're putting a great product on the ice. They just want to get guys to the NHL as fast as possible. And Helmer Helms, who played for the Bears, won a Calder Cup, uh, won a couple, I believe, said, you know, there's there's something to having success on the AHL level and how that can prepare you for the NHL. You know, playing in an AHL playoff series, he said, mirrors a lot of the things the guys are going to experience in an NHL playoff game or uh, just a regular season game with the pressure and the amount of people that are in the arena. And so I think for the Bears, being able to replicate that environment in the AHL where players can make more mistakes and they're still young, so they're still learning, um, I think is super important. But when they were looking for a coach, they wanted a guy who would be able to keep that pressure up because it would only help the Capitals in the long run if their players were ready for the biggest stage of their careers, which is the NHL. So um, it was a decision made between the Capitals and the Bears did have input. Helms was on that selection committee um, who ultimately decided that uh, former Bears assistant uh, Scott Allen would be the next head coach, the 27th head coach in franchise history. Um, I also like that that Scotty doesn't shy away from the history of the Hershey Bears. It's the oldest franchise in the AHL. It's the most successful franchise in the AHL. And I think that that's super important to remember that there's a whole community here who's known the Bears as winners and that it's a, a program with a tremendous amount of pride um, for what they put on the ice and in their community. So I think Scott Allen, a couple press conferences in, uh, getting ready for camp here as we are a month away from the start of the season, um, really is in the right position. I think the Bears got the guy they wanted. They got the right guy for the job. Um, and I love that he had two years in the organization. So guys like Matt Molson, who is coming back for an, one more season, who knows if it'll continue beyond then, but one more run at the Calder Cup, um, they're already familiar with who he is. So the adjustment should be a lot smoother than if they had brought in someone from the outside and had to really start over. Because this isn't a franchise that needs to blow it up and start over they had tremendous success under Spencer Carberry if you take nothing away from this podcast uh two things Scott Allen's a great guy and the Bears have had a lot of success in the last couple seasons so it's not a franchise that needed to blow it up and bring in a whole new direction they just needed to build off the building blocks they already put in place in the last three seasons so uh the Scott Allen era has officially begun he was hired uh, late in the summer, but obviously uh, training camps and things like that have all been kind of shifted and interrupted, so um, didn't miss a beat. Uh, they they only, I think, were without a head coach for just a couple of weeks, so the process went uh, relatively quickly, and it's a good thing because, like I said, one month from now, puck drops, the season starts, and it is a 76-game regular season, back to normal. Uh, fans expected to be in attendance. As I said, the Hershey Bears already released tickets uh, to be sold for the first few months of the season. Season tickets are already on sale um October 16th against the Charlotte Checkers in Giant Center that is the first game of the season and if you were able to go to a game in 2020 only uh, I think of at most it got up to about a thousand fans were allowed inside Giant Center due to the pandemic for that shortened 33 game regular season in um January of, of 2021 wrapping up around the same time but uh, it was a weird environment. It was great to have people there. It was great to have some fans in attendance, and the fans who were there did their very best at being as loud as they possibly could. But it was so strange to sit in that arena and be able to hear carbs on the bench 
And, you know, if, if a stick even tapped the ice, you heard it. And there, that was kind of interesting if you're a hockey nut and you like really being able to dig into, um, you know, line changes and, and things like that. But it wasn't what we're used to for the Giant Center. The Giant Center is supposed to be deafening. It's supposed to be 9,000 Bears fans all chanting, you know, after a goal. And, um, you know, you see the, everyone decked out. No one in there isn't wearing Bears gear. So um, it, it didn't feel normal. We're hoping as the AHL and the NHL continue to explore their policies as we move closer to mid-October that there's a larger group of fans allowed, if not full capacity. Um, and I think that that's something that all hockey fans, especially Hershey Bears fans, are missing, that environment. Um, I think the players miss it. I, Scott Allen said he missed it. Everyone missed being back in there, playing lights out AHL hockey, pushing towards a Calder Cup, and I think in 2021-22, we are hopefully going to have that. So, uh, Scott Allen, thank you so much for the time. We're excited for the start of the season. Again, October 16th, 7 p.m., puck drops against the Charlotte Checkers in Giant Center. If you want anything else, you want to know anything about the Bears, you can go to abc27.com, click on Sports. We have a whole tab of Bears articles. Um, we also have uh, Quick Hits with uh, Scott Allen. It was a really awesome time just trying to ask him some less hockey-related personal questions, so that will be up on our website. Um, if you want to go backwards, you can listen to our podcast interview with Spencer Carberry. I believe it was episode four, so you might have to scroll back a little bit on those full episodes on our website, but um, he was phenomenal. We know him. We love him. We missed him. I think we all cried when he said goodbye in his press conference. Um, everyone was emotional, not just Spencer Carberry for leaving, but... Um, he had so much insight about developing players in the AHL, his mentality, um, as well as he talked a lot about Connor McMichael and what to expect for him in his future and how they tried to develop him in a shortened 2020-33 game season. So um, yet to be determined if McMichael's going to be back here with the Bears or if he's going to play with the Caps. Um, but I think it's a story that we're all going to want to watch regardless because he did get a start here in Hershey. He Got an AHL debut a little bit before a lot of people thought he was going to, and he was a star. So uh, that interview with Carbs, still one of my favorite. We wish him nothing but success in the future. Uh, promoted again to an assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so proud to follow his career and excited to see where he goes. If you also want more Bears, because, you know, we're all about the Bears here on the Esports Extra podcast, you can listen to our interview with Bruce Boudreaux. I'm laughing already because that man is a walking comedian. I, I don't even know what else to describe him as obviously he's a phenomenal hockey coach but he tells hilarious stories one about the time he had to wear someone else's pants to coach a game because he forgot his dress pants um he compares himself to a Seinfeld episode so you're gonna want to listen to that at the time the Bears were still looking for a head coach so we were asking him a little bit about whether he would want to come back and coach for the Bears but his newest venture and it kicks off even before the Hershey Bears do is a junior hockey team playing in Hershey Park Arena uh, called the Hershey Cubs. Uh, they've got their full roster. They've already started practices, um, and I believe they start their games at the end of September. So um, you can buy tickets for that as well. You can buy tickets for the Hershey Bears. Hockey is back in the mid-state. We're pumped for it. All of those interviews, uh, plus some fun things with some of these different hockey coaches, are on our website, abc27.com slash podcast. 
next Thursday, I think we're going to have to dive back into the NFL season because some crazy things are happening in the league. Some crazy things are happening in college football. We'll have to talk about the whiteout game. Logan Reaver is experiencing not only his first Penn State whiteout game, but his first Penn State game ever. So uh, we're going to have to ask him what that's like. That'll be next week because, of course, they play Auburn Saturday, September 18th. Uh, so Hershey Bears, one month from the season. Come back next Thursday to see what we have to talk about uh, in all things college and NFL football. But for now, my name is Ali Bruby. This has been the Sports Extra Podcast, and we'll see you right back here on Thursday. Thanks for making it to the end of the episode. If you've gotten this far, you clearly must like what you've heard. So could you subscribe, rate the show, and leave us a review?